just good that when people, uh, the same thing is on people's hearts and ministries. And I just know that God wants to do great things in our city, our nation, in our world. He's not withholding. I just believe that, like I said last week, that if you have a great job and everything's good and everything's going on, it's easy to get complacent. You know, like God is just a part of your life, like, um, you know, you going to out to eat on a, every Friday or it's just one, another thing that you can add to your culture almost is that, yeah, I believe in God. And uh, especially in America, we have it good here. And um, I believe this nation is blessed, but I believe it's blessed, first of all, because its foundation was maybe not perfect, obviously, but it was based upon the foundational principles of God. And um, I just know that we are going, and I said we because it's me and you, I believe we're going to see a manifestation of the signs and wonders and the miracle power of God. I believe we're going to see signs and wonders and miracle, the miracle power of God. And I need you all to be on board with that. Like he said in the scripture, this isn't a one-man thing and I'm just going to believe God. No, this is a church thing. If my people, my family would humble themselves and pray and desire God. And I said this last week, there's always times. I'm a pastor and there's been times, you know, and and I'm probably way too transparent to you, but there's times that I think I wake up Sunday morning and go, I really don't feel like preaching today. And I say it to God because he knows my heart. It's not like I'm not going to say it because you won't know. No, he knows it. So I say, you know what, God, I just, you know, I usually wake up early in the morning, so I wake up five or about every day. And so I just say, God, you know, I really don't feel like preaching. And uh, so um, you're going to need to do something to me right now because it's, you know, like four hours I'm going to be in the pulpit, and it's just not going to be good if I just stand up there and tell FedEx stories or something, you know what I mean? But um, And so God knows that when you and I don't have a strong desire for him. So just talk to him about it. But you know what the church does? We make it a works mentality. Okay, I'm just going to do this no matter what. I'm just going to do this no matter. And it, and it really isn't effective. It's religious. It's religion. It's man's way to get to God. And, and so you fill out your religious square, and, and God doesn't want that. Just like I, I told, I've preached on that, uh, the Samaritan woman, it's of the heart. Worship is of the heart. Serving God is of the heart. It's not doing something that you, you feel like you have to do to get accepted by God or get his approval. No, it's of the heart. And I found out you can be wrong in a lot of your theology. You can be wrong in, your, in a lot of things in your life. But I do know one thing. If you come to God and say, man, God, I'm just going to worship you from your heart, he loves that. He doesn't sit there and just ridicule you or, or put you down because you, your eschatology is wrong. Everybody's eschatology is wrong, just so you know. And eschatology is about the study of end times. You know, you hear one person, you think they've got it like this. We're all going to find out everybody's wrong, (laughs) which is okay. When it happens, it'll be right. All right. 
But uh, I said a couple of things why I want there to be a great awakening. First of all, I know it, it awakens the saints. You know, we pray about the world and the lost. It's really hard to get the lost excited about God when the saints aren't that excited about God. That's not a put down. That's not condemnation. That's not guilt. I'm just saying we need to know where you're at. If you know where you're at, then that's a good starting point to go forward. Are you hearing me? So if I, 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 there's been times, like I said, I say, God, you know, I'm really not excited about you. When I read the Bible, it's just like I could be reading Red Riding Hood. It's the same. It just seems, you know, what it is. And so I talked to him about it. But I do know this. Somebody said, you know, uh, well, I don't even know if I'm getting anything out of it. You know, this is one thing. I heard Brother Hagin said this a long time ago, and, and, and it's really good. He said, you know, I've eaten a steak before. But just because I've experienced a good steak does not mean that I, I've already done it, I've already eaten that, so therefore I, I never want a steak again. He goes, no, I like that experience. And then what I know about, you know, I, my wife's more into nutrition than me, and she knows all about vitamins and all that stuff. Uh, you know, I do know this. I don't know what vitamins and nutrients I get from a steak, but I do know when I eat, I don't even have to know it, and I benefit from it. Did you get that? So in other words, you can read the Word of God. You can come to church and go, I don't know if I got anything. It's just like eating food. Oh, I got that vitamin A. It feels so good just to get that vitamin A. If you say that around me, I'm going to get away from you. But anyway, (laughs) you don't know what's going on on the inside of you, but you know it's good. Are you out there? And you know, like I need to eat, you know, every once in a while I want to eat a salad because I know salad and green stuff is good for you. You know, uh, I'm not a green person, but I, I know that green stuff's good for you. So you, you, I don't know everything that's in it, but my body does. And so my body is designed by God to get out everything that it needs. Your spiritual man's the same way. You read the word. You may feel like, man, I just don't know if I'm getting anything out of this. You come to church and probably, not this church, but I mean, you come to church, and you know, I don't know if I'm getting anything. That was a joke. I know people come here and go, oh, man. And some people sleep right through the message. And I'm thinking, you know, I would rather them sleep here than sleep at home. I do believe in osmosis. You can get something, I'm sure. But uh, so I I know that and I understand that. But listen to you. I'm telling you, you're getting something when you don't even know it. You are. Just like when I eat a meal. I very rarely, okay, never think of, Mm, those vitamins. I'm getting some good vitamins here. I don't even say that. <laughs> I just eat for pleasure. But my wife, she makes sure that the pleasure is healthy. But uh, most of the time. But uh, so why do I want a great awakening? The saints are revived. We are revived. Our kids, our grandkids, I know they're going to benefit from it. They are. Salvations, people getting healed, families being transformed, people become nicer. Dear Lord, we need that. Dear Lord, I'm just people are just mean in the world. Are they mean or are they do I just run into a few mean ones like 
every day. People are mean, and they're just grumpy, just grumpy, just like no nice pills. You want to just say, here's a bottle of nice pills. Please OD on these. <laughs> but uh, it, it will change us. It'll change us. And just so you know, I'm talking about Christians. You know, the world's supposed to be ugly and mean. The Lord taught me that years ago. I saw this terrible bumper sticker, on, vulgar bumper sticker on it. I was at the red light, and I go, man, I just, you know, and I was just giving that person what for. And the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, what do you expect people who don't know me to act like and to be? Duh. I felt like the Lord said that to me, like, duh, Mike. I mean, what do you expect? You expect them to be just all nice and just Christianese and all that? He goes, no, people who don't know me are going to act like that. But, you know, if we know him, we should be living more by the fruit of the Spirit. One of those, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, in case you want to look it up, is kindness. Kindness. Be kind to people. Anyway, lives will be transformed. People will walk in love more towards one another. The love of God is in all of us. If you're a believer, it's in you. A hunger for the word of God. People having a desire, to, I want to read my Bible instead of, you know, I have to read my Bible. And, you know, you can get people a grace. People a grace people say this, and I'm a grace person. But, you know, people say, well, I just don't want to read the Bible because I don't feel like it. You know, I wouldn't read the Bible very much at all if I had to get the urge. Wow. Anyway, a little too transparent for you. Okay, but anyway, but I, I just, I'm, I make sure I read my Bible. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow, grow. They taught us that in Sunday school. And this is another reason why I want there to be a great awakening. Because I want to make a difference on this planet. I want to make a difference. I don't, the older I get, the more this is so big to me. You know, when you're growing up, you just want to make a living. You want to make, get money. You want to provide for your family. You just want to be successful. And then the older you get, and, and it shouldn't be this way, but it seems like it is this way. It's more about. I want to be, make a difference. I don't just want to be success, successful. I want to make an impact on, on my family, on my church, and people in our city. I want, to, I want people, I don't want to just go to heaven and, uh, and just, yeah, I'm glad that's over. I want to have an impact on my kids and grandkids and everybody around me. And I believe the greater that my eyes were opened up to the goodness of God. We sang about that this morning. The greater that my eyes are opened up to his goodness, to how much he loves me, the more that I want to say and speak that into other people's lives so they can be changed. Yes. Amen. Second Peter chapter 1. I read this. We'll read it again. Verse 3 and 4. This is the message translation. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us. Stop right there. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God. Oh, God, I just want to please you. God, I just want to please you. It's in you right now. 
Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us. But this is the catch, if you want to say it's got a catch. By getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. That's the key. That's the key of walking in love. It's the key to being excited about reading your, the word. It's the key to about being excited. Church, we get to go to church. Instead of kids get dressed, we have to go to church today. And you hear groaning and moaning. And that's just the husband. But I mean, you, there's a... <laughs> Kidding. My friend Billy Wayne says, I'm not feeling much love this morning. But anyway, the best invitation we have ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to to participation in the life of God after you turn your back on the world corrupted by lust. Now, let's just be honest. How much of the promises are being manifested in your life and my life? How much of the goodness of God is being manifested? This is not condemnation. This is not guilt. All right? This is a reality check. All right? Everybody good with that? You know, it's good to, you know, when you're driving down the highway. uh, This is probably not political. They call them, we, I call them idiot lights. You know, if a light pops on your dashboard, that means... You better give attention to that. You don't just go, oh, there's a pretty red light. And you keep driving. It's not good. No, it's to get your attention because something is not working effectively. I mean, I feel like, wouldn't it be great if we had those inside our brain? You know, a light would come on. Yeah, ding, ding. A bell would even be better. Yeah. When my truck gets, you know, down to where the oil needs changing, it does do that. It just, man, on the dash, you know, oil and ding, ding, and light. <laughs> okay already. And every time you stop and start the truck, it does it again. It just keeps it. I'm telling you, you need to get the oil changed. Wouldn't it be great? I'm telling you, you really need to read the Word. Come on, let's just read the Bible. Let's just do this. I don't know about you, but... And listen to me. I'm not trying to get weird, you know, like, uh, you know, you, you better be just pinging off the wall for Jesus 24-7 all the time. I'm not even saying that. If you do that, hallelujah. I know some people think that, you know, like if I'm not doing this, if I, I, I just don't know if God's. The Bible says, first of all, he never leaves us nor forsakes us, okay? So he's with you no matter what you feel like. No matter what you feel like. All right, but uh, I just know um, a couple of weeks ago, I have, I've have felt like I've really got a handle on revelation about healing for two years. Two, and this isn't bragging. I'm trying to teach all of my family, my church, everybody I know that healing is God's will and that walking in health is what he wants. He wants us all to do that. And so for two years... I have had some victory like I've never had in my whole entire life. 
I'd get a symptom of a cold, and within a few minutes, I would have victory over that. Wouldn't catch a cold. I would have a pain in my body in a few minutes. Uh, I would have victory over that. There was a bug in my family. Melody woke me up in the middle of the night. Joel was throwing up. Jared was throwing up. And so Melody was taking care of everybody. And then all of a sudden, she got it. And she, I mean, and she started throwing, so she woke me up. Everybody was puking. Such a lovely day. Anyway. Two o'clock in the morning, and as soon as she woke me up, my feet hit the floor. My stomach just started going, I mean, you know what I mean? I'm going, that's not good. (laughs) So it's about to be four out of four. And so I said, just, she went back to bed, and so I walked around in my, I walk and pray. And uh, so I walked around in our living room for about, 30 minutes just speaking to that thing, getting a hold of God, getting a hold of my body, and saying I have authority. And within that 30 minutes, it was gone. And so then I went and checked on everybody. Everybody wanted me to go and get Sprite, and I did that and did all the nursing stuff, you know what I mean? That, thank God, I'm not one. But anyway, (laughs) thank God we have them. But I had victory over that. For two years, I, I was never sick, not a cold even. Nothing, nothing. Don't get me wrong. There was all kinds of opportunity, just like I said about my stomach, and that there was many times like that. But it, this year, uh, I got COVID, and uh, bad to where when I when it started getting the symptoms, I did what I always do, took authority over it, spoke to that thing, Jesus name. I have victory over it. An hour went by, two hours, three, 12 hours, on the couch. I couldn't walk. And I went, what's going on here? And then, you know, after a few days, you start feeling condemned. You know, you're the preacher. Don't you believe in healing? I guess it doesn't work all the time, does it? I mean, I'm getting all of, I'm getting sermon after sermon. From the devil. And uh, so I had a rough time at it, for not only physically, just my the attitude and everything. And uh, then, you know, I, we went from last year, I didn't know anybody that had COVID hardly. And then this year, I, I don't know hardly anybody who didn't get it. And uh, th- this is good news, bad news. There was an article that I, I was reading when I was sick that... Uh, it said that it named the five hot spots of COVID in our nation. Pueblo was number two. Number two per capita, per capita. In the nation, there's a little town I've never heard of in Kentucky. It was number three. And someplace, I think it was Michigan or someplace. Pueblo was number two. And I thought, holy cow, no wonder everybody I know had it, including moi. And uh, it took me about three weeks to get over that. That's why Melody preached for two weeks, but it was just bad. But this is the thing. I said, I I need to know God because, first of all, I I never want to go through that again, number one. But I, I just teach me something. What's going on? And so I'm going to help you here because this is what the Lord gave me. Because this is what I was just beating myself up. 
I mean bad, to where I don't think it would have lasted three weeks if I wouldn't have been so hard on myself and beat myself up. I'm serious. I look back, and I think it took me three weeks because it's just like sackcloth and ashes, you know. Just give me the chain. Let me just rip the skin right off. Just, oh, Mike, you just, you big fat heathen. What's wrong with you? (laughs) And that's things that I can just tell you that I, I said to myself. But anyway, in Matthew 17, verse 20, it says this. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. So it wasn't, I I felt like, man, Mike, you just don't have any faith at all. It says, if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed. It's not that I didn't have faith, it's that I also had doubt. And faith and doubt are like oil and vinegar, or oil and water. Oil and water, they just don't mix. They don't. And the doubt that we have, said this, Jesus said, this doesn't come out by prayer and fasting. He wasn't talking about, you know, because the disciples prayed for this man's son, and uh, he didn't get delivered. So the man, the father brought him to Jesus, and Jesus said, all right. He spoke, and boom, he was set free. And the disciples were shocked. You know why they were shocked? Because it just like me for two years, it's been working. It's been working. Now all of a sudden, it didn't work. And you get shocked. So Jesus said, you need to fasting and prayer. And so what does that mean? To get the, the demon out? No, to get the doubt out of you and me. To get doubt out of you and me. There, there's no demon that's stronger than you and me. It's the doubt that we have. Anyway, and then he helped me out again. In Acts chapter 12, I'm going to read 11 verses here. It says, during this period, King Herod incited persecution against the church, causing great harm to the believers. He even had the apostle Jacob, which is James, John's brother, beheaded. When Herod realized how much this pleased the Jewish leaders, can you believe that? Pleased the Jewish leaders. He had Peter arrested and thrown into prison during the Feast of Passover. Sixteen soldiers were assigned to guard him until Herod could bring him to a public trial immediately after the Passover celebrations were over. So he was going to have him killed as well, but because there was a feast, you know, he just locked him up. But listen to me. I want you to get a hold of this. James, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, was beheaded. Get that in the back of your mind during this story. Verse 5, the church went into a season of intense intercession asking God to free him, Peter. So the church finds out Peter's going to get beheaded as well. So everybody gets together, and they just really start praying. They just really start praying. The night before Herod planned to bring him to trial, he made sure that Peter was securely bound with two chains. Peter was found, uh, sound asleep between two soldiers with additional guards stationed outside his cell door. When all at once an angel of the Lord appeared, filling his prison cell with a brilliant light. The angel struck Peter on the side to awaken him, and he said, Hurry up! Let's go! Instantly, the chains fell off his wrist. The angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals, bring your cloak, and follow me. Peter quickly left the cell and followed the angel, even though he thought it was only a dream or a vision, for it seemed unreal. He couldn't believe it was actually happening. 
They walked unseen past the first guard post and then the second before coming to the iron gate that leads to the city. The gate swung open all by itself, right? And, and see, so the automatic door openers was established 2,000 years ago. <laughs> These people think they've discovered something. No, you didn't discover squat. But anyway, they automatically opened up. Where am I? Uh, oh, all by itself in front of them. They went out into the city and were walking down a narrow street when all of a sudden the angel disappeared. That's when Peter, really? That's when Peter realized, wow, a disciple. That's when Peter realized that he wasn't having a dream. He said to himself, this is really happening. The Lord sent his angel to rescue me from the clutches of Herod and from what the Jewish leaders planned to do to me. So, and then he gets to the church people, and they all get excited. But this is what I want to say something that probably you haven't really heard a sermon on, and that is, I wonder what James's parents and friends, how they felt. Hallelujah, everybody's celebrating. Peter, our son, our friend, our, our fellow disciple, he was rescued supernaturally. I wonder what James's folk felt about that. Were they happy for Peter? Yeah. But their son, their friend, their relative, their co-worker was beheaded. The Lord spoke this to me because I prayed for somebody and they died. So what do you do? This is what the Lord told me in this three weeks that I was sick. He says, when you do, you do exactly what the church did. They died. Somebody else is needing help. You get together and you pray and you believe God for the supernatural. But this is where the church misses it. When somebody dies, you don't get your prayer answered. We go the opposite direction. We don't pray and believe God. Or we just quit serving God. We quit church. We, quit re we just quit God because... You know, I was, my mother died. I was believing God, and she was believing, and she died. This is what you do. Do you understand? No. But let me tell you this. If you try to reason it out, listen to me. This is what I'm more, a really important statement. If you try to reason it out or try to come up with an answer, and if you try to pin God to a wall, you, I need to know this and try to reason it out, the devil will whip you every time in the realm of reasoning. Did you get that? So you just got to let it go. You just got to let it go and just do what the church did. All right, I don't understand why James got beheaded, but we're going to believe God for Peter to be supernatural. We're not going to give up on Peter. We're just going to claim that he's going to be delivered in Jesus' name. He's going to be set free. So you just keep believing God. This is the attitude of the church. It should be my attitude. It should be your attitude. You pray and you believe God, and it falls apart or something doesn't happen. You go over and you say, bless God. God is still true. He's alive. He believes that all of us need to walk in health and healing. I'm going to step on the promises of God and believe him. No matter what, I'm going to keep believing God. My last dying breath is going to be, I believe God. That's what you got to do. And if you do do that, guess what happens? You'll see the signs. You'll see the wonders. You'll see the miracles. But if you just sit there, oh, this doesn't, it didn't happen. I'm not going to believe that anymore. The devil has won. 
the devil has won. You just step over it and just say, you know what? I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe God. And I wrote this down. This is so good. Fight off the tendency of wanting sympathy. You know when you get sick and not feeling good and everybody goes, oh, I'm so sick. You get attention, especially if you don't get much attention. And so if you get sick, you know, everybody gives you attention. Oh, let me wipe your brow. It's the worst thing on the planet. I'll say it again. Desiring sympathy from people is the exact opposite of what you should be doing. I'm not saying sympathy is different from caring, taking care. It's totally different. Sympathy is, oh, I'm so sorry for you. I'm just saying it. No, because if you go down that river, you should be stepping out of that boat and getting into the boat that believes in the promises of God, standing on his word. That's where you want to go. Don't get, because sympathy, we all love sympathy. Let's just face it, we do. Oh, how bad was it? It was so painful. I mean, it wasn't just painful. It was really painful. I couldn't get out of bed. I was so weak. I couldn't get out of bed. It was just terrible. Oh, bless your little heart. Ouch. Anyway, just next time you're tempted to have that and to invite that, just go, nope. What should you do? I believe that by the stripes of Jesus, I'm the healed of the Lord. He bore the curse, Galatians 3.13. He bore my curse. This is a curse. I'll not have anything to do with this. I am the redeemed of the Lord. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm saying right here, right now, laying on this bed, 102 temperature, I'm saying I'm the healed of the Lord in Jesus' name. I speak to this thing and command it to leave my body. Fever, you can't live on me. It's illegal for sickness to be on my body. You start talking like that, the promises start getting stirred up. Sympathy just gets, it takes a back seat. Are you out there? All right. Anyway, this is just a shotgun type of message. There's probably three points in there some way. Figure it out. Pick any three. There's a bunch of points. Just pick the three points you want. Point here and point there and point everywhere. But anyway, that, I just felt like this morning when I got up, I've been thinking along these lines, and so this all came together at 5.30 this morning. So I just want us to be encouraged. And when you get the rug pulled out from underneath you, get back up. Believe God. Serve him. Desire him. Want our city to be changed. Want your family to be changed. Talk to God about being excited once again. Talk to him about, man, Lord, I, I want to... It's church day. Wouldn't it be great, you know? I mean, instead of, you know, there was long lines everywhere during COVID and everything. Wouldn't it be great to have a long line to go to church? Oh, I'm sorry. You're going to have to come to the second service because we're full. And it's not because we just want a packed house. It's because we want people to be excited. I'm telling you, when people are excited about God, we'll see change. When people are excited about God, we'll see change. And I'm talking about Christians. I'm not even talking about the heathen. we got to get these people saved. Yeah, we do. But before that, let's get us awakened, you know. Let's, let's us wake up. Hmm. Just saying. Just saying. Let's stand on that note.
It's God. Talk to God about this message. I know it's starting with, when I read that from Andrew Womack, I thought, man, I, I, yeah, I, this is what's going on in me. This is what's going on. Listen, this is what God wants. He wants this more than anybody. He wants us to be awakened so that, first of all, so believers can believe once again. Believe. Believe what? Believe in the supernatural. Believe in the impossible. All things are possible to him that believes. But we have to believe. And the great thing about it, I found this out. If you just have a close relationship with God, he'll help your unbelief. He'll help you believe. His grace is so magnificent and awesome and big, it stretches to every fiber of your being. If you need help in any area, whether it's faith, whether it's getting doubt, whether it's being excited about God, whether it's reading the word, whether it's coming to church. Man, if you've been thinking about, I'm, I'm thinking about quitting church. You're the pastor, Mike. You can't quit. Okay, I won't quit. But anyway, if you're, if you're like that, talk to God and say, you know, I know I shouldn't quit church. There's a lot of benefits for church. But this is not church. I, everybody, this church isn't for everybody. But there is a church in this city for you. I'll say that. I, I'm not afraid to say that. I want people who can connect to my heart and Melody's heart and to what we're doing here. And if you can connect, then this is your church. But if you come and you say, I don't like the way they do this. I don't like that. Well, first of all, if, you, if your attitude stinks to high heaven and you... It stinks no matter where you're at. The stink is you. But uh, if, 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 if your heart can't connect here, don't be disgruntled about anything in life, especially about the church you go to. And please, don't ever come to me and say, I left that church because of this. I'm going to go, mm. no, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You know, that pastor treated me wrong. You know, everybody treats everybody wrong. Just get over it. They do. Especially if you're on the planet. If you want to go to Mars, you'll probably be fine. Nobody there to bug you. But listen, if you're on this planet, we have something to fight against that. It's called the love of God. And it's in us. We just haven't been awakened to what is in us. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that we would be awakened to the things of God. First of all, the number one thing is awaken to the love of God, how much you love us. And may that love transform us and so that we can love everyone, even the unlovable. They're all lovable to Jesus. So may we walk in that frame. And, Lord, I just pray there would be a zeal and excitement at Rocky Mountain Family Church and to those who are watching uh, on the Internet. Lord, there would be just an excitement about God excitement about the things of God. May we change our personal life and family, and we, may we change the city by the love and the, just the excitement that we have about you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.